Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 107 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Kevin from Set Sales in Wisconsin. Let's go! What's up, buddy? Hey, boo boo. Hey. How was your workout? We got all sweaty. Did you get some swamp ass? I'm super swole. Yeah, you look it. <clears throat> uh, just did calves. Just calves only? Calves only. You know how. On so, is that record, what Joanne's into? Yeah, I mean, you've got to focus on that part of the body, right? Whatever my angel wants, my angel gets. Mm hmm. Um, hey, well, happy belated Father's Day. Hey, thanks, man. You too. Mm-hmm. The number 20th holiday um, mm-hmm. in America. Right. <laughs> I love that clip you sent. <laughs> Super accurate. Mm-hmm. It was accurate. fun, though. I uh, I went and hung out with my dad. I haven't done that in a while. Just me and him, not work-related stuff. I heard we you were not. looking for like UFOs or... Mm-hmm. Um, secret government buildings. <laughs> yeah. So like a, a long time ago, my dad told me this story of like way out in the woods behind his house. There's, he just like, when he was 16 years old, he came across this like concrete building with like all these huge satellites at it, like out in the middle of the woods for no reason. And he was like, I was freaked out and I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. So I like turned around and went, went home. Is that, is that where he found you? that's where he found me. I was, I was inside, I was glowing and he picked me up and, uh, he, uh, I don't know. He mentioned it not that long ago. And I was like, Oh fuck, we should totally like go for a walk out there and like, see if it's still there. So I called him Saturday and I was like, Hey, what are you doing for father's day? He's like, nothing. I was like, Hey, you want to go for a hike in the morning? We'll go, go out in the woods and see if we can find that satellite dish. So we did, we walked out there and, uh, it was awesome. It was like super overgrown and there are these huge satellite dishes and this like tiny, not tiny, but like this, uh, block structure and you can go in it, but it's like totally gutted. And then there's this like tower next to it that you could like climb to the top if you wanted to, but I'm not doing it. Cause I don't want to die. And there's like radio tower or like, uh, antennas and stuff up there. So hmm. it's pretty crazy. It's pretty weird. Um, I like and I it. can't find anything on the internet about like what it was for or anything. So it's pretty fun. Well, um, maybe you could set up a little, like a shop out there, you know, like a screen printing shop, you know, yeah. like with a little manual. Make and... UPS walk out there to get the packages. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That'd be, there's like no road. So you literally have to hike um, yeah. like an hour to get there. I ate shit hard though on the way out there. Like me and my dad at one point were kind of like trying to find the roadway that he thought existed. And, mm-hmm. uh, I pulled my phone out and there's like no reception. So like taking forever to load. And I was looking at like Google maps, like top view and satellite view. And, uh, I fucking slipped into this like mud hole and it was like a mud pit. That was like the size of me slip fell, fell straight down. But when I fell, I threw my phone in the air and my phone landed like straight down in the mud, like maybe like a quarter inch of the phone sticking out. <laughs> you threw your phone like deliberately to save it or you uh, no i just... think it was just one of those like whoops and i fucking threw it in the air oh yeah 
Yeah. So I had to clean that off and I had mud all over my back. I'm just saying it was mud. Really, I shit my pants, but <laughs> well, it's, a good, time. Fun, it's a good Father's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kid came over and we chilled, went for a ride. Um, nice. did some no. hugging. Yeah, that definitely, of course. Good embrace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else is new? You're going somewhere. I leave tomorrow morning. I have to get up at 3 a.m., which is gross. Why do you always get uh, like the worst? Because the good flights out of, well, I say good, but the the better flights out of Syracuse are like six in the morning. Hmm. So I have to get up at like three, leave here by four, get to the airport by five, and my flight's at six. Okay. So, well, you know, get a good night's sleep, go to bed early, you know, have Lindsay tuck you in. Little Get you some tea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I love uh, Salt Lake City. So I'm going to go hiking. Tyler said he was down for some hiking from Black Rifle. So mm-hmm. go hang out with those guys and uh, go see some cool shop stuff out there and come home on Saturday. All right. Mm, solid. Um, check out what I got. It's going to rise from the bottom. Oh, there it is. <laughs> is it wood? Didn't you say um, Jared was asking for... For the photo? Yeah. So that's what he made. It's a laser, you know, etched... That's so cool. Sign. And it has these, like this backing, you know, you can stick mm-hmm. it... So you hang it on the wall? Hang it on the wall. I love it. Yeah, he said that he um, polyurethaned it or whatever, stained it, and it almost killed him. Because he had it in a shop, you know, mm-hmm. and the fumes. <laughs> so he risked his life for, for you. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means a for lot. Those. Right. I mean, it wouldn't have been cooler if it was like etched in stone, but. Yeah. I'm, I almost threw it away. Like when I yeah. first saw it. Like what is I this cardboard? Like, yeah. I was going to just burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Light it on fire on the show. No, for real. It's incredible. And oh, yeah. um, I had it on my just laying on my desk. And then uh, a couple of people walked in because he's like, you know, Hey, just hang that in your office. And it's like a passive aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. thing to have your golden rolls just out there. But really the, I don't know, like they, um, it, it, it makes sense. I have to, I really have. And sometimes I forget them. I forget that I even have them. You know mm-hmm. how that goes. Mm-hmm. It's hard doing this, this whole it. thing is you should hang it above the toilet in the bathroom. <laughs> Well, we have, so I need three of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jared. Jared, take, make two more, bud. I need two more, mm-hmm. but thank you very much. It means a lot. And uh, I showed Joanne and she was like, holy smokes, that thing's cool. So, um, which by the you, way. And then you showed her the, the plaque that Jared made. Uh, uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, she's here. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, always. So yesterday, my, like, I couldn't speak very well i already so as you know i already have trouble yes like getting words out and sentences out yesterday was extra hard yeah it was and uh i just don't know i didn't even know what i said yesterday at all yet i had like a hundred gazillion conversations um but today joanne is a little bit off i think so it's sort of like you know maybe it's her turn Oh, oh, okay. She's ordering shirts. So I guess that means she can't come say hi. 
Shirts are more important than me. What a bitch. <laughs> as far as how audible her laugh was in the background. <laughs> you want to get uh, Dylan would like to say hi. Is that too much to ask? No. Here, I'm going to put it on. The best part is I heard her say no, but I know I could hear in her voice that she meant speaker, yes. Speaker, speaker. Oh, my God. Hey, Joe. No, it's not working. I can't see you. Here, say, say, say something in here. Say something. Something. Hey, when I was a little kid, I thought I had this trick that like only I could do, and it's on home video when I was little. And I was like, hey, look what I can do. And I did this. <laughs> you know, uh, Joanne is my water girl. And whenever I'm thirsty. Um, Got the drip. Yeah, here. So can, can I get just a little bit, please? Oh, yeah. Um, just my, I'm a little, I need a little hydration ready? for the show. Yeah. Ready for this? It's because you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> she's still practicing. We'll mm-hmm. get it right. We'll get it right. <laughs> you got to just, she's got to drink it and you got to tip your head back and she's got to spit it into your mouth. Should we try that? Here, he wants you to drink yeah. a little bit and spit that and then oh. <laughs> tip full back, full back. No, full back. Nope, you're good. <laughs> this we're gonna have to charge okay. money for this episode, guys. <laughs> All right, that worked out great. Maybe I should uh, maybe I should ask one of my employees to come in and do that for me. <laughs> you have a sweetheart. You're very very Thanks. generous, and I'm I'm, I'm being sincere. Like you really are. You're just a generous guy. Like if you don't know this. If no, about Dylan, he, one of his qualities, and he's got like at least two or three qualities. qualities. One of his, <laughs> one of his, I love all that. Um, <laughs> she liked that one. One of his qualities is he's like super generous. And I mean that, like, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Okay, so um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, with regards to sponsors today, because a lot of shit is going down. It's happened. So we better get this rolling. I understand. You trying to get me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dylan, it all starts with a screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, FFFFF, rank.com, or greatfuckingscreens.com yes sir the best screens ever cleaning screens is no fun but easy way makes it funner their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean (laughs) dude you know how we say alex like just call him and he's super helpful Mm -hmm. well i had um I, we, we have an issue in chamber three. And so our screens were not degreasing perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, of course, you know, I'm going to call my bud, Alex, and he's mm-hmm. going to fucking help me. Right. And so I, I, I call him, he's in Florida mm-hmm. and he's, uh, he answers like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, here, I'm going to text you this picture of my, of like, what's going on. And I, and I did, and he's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at it. Hold on, hold on. I'll have a look at it. And then we hang up and then he, fucking texts me back he says wash your shit (laughs) that's what he says that's what i get super helpful so guys yeah if you really are looking for 
Like if you're stuck and you have an issue in your, if you have, if you have people in your life that are just too generous and too nice to you and you need a quick wake up call, call Alex. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we, it really helped. And so now we're duh, we're washing our shit. I mean, we just forgot Mm -hmm. about that part. Um, but honestly, we was the chamber too dirty. Uh, chamber two TWO or TOO both. Um, I think so what we were doing was in chamber one are you set a drip. So like, you know how it sprays and then it drips Mm -hmm. and you set your drip time. We had our drip time. Somebody had moved it to not drip. It wasn't dripping off enough. And so anyway, that was, we think anyway, oh no, 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 no. And then the second part is that we were power washing in the finishing station just for, you know, real quick, like a little quickie. Mm Mm-hmm. And it needs to cascade. You need the water to wonderfully cascade down the mesh. Okay. Light, like, oh yeah. So yeah. wet and drippy. Exactly. So be sure you're cascading your water. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, look, if you um, want to find out a little bit more, go to easyway.com. Easy way. It's the easiest way. Action Engineering makes all kinds of accessories printers need. Go to actionengineering.com to have a look. Then use ShirtShow at checkout and get a one-time discount of 15% off. But remember, if you've already used that, because it's one time, if you've already used that, they have another discount code for ShirtShow listeners, and it is SS103. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about Action, we just did an episode with Eric which was episode 106 and uh, great guy, great company. And they make ratchet. Perfectly said. Mm-hmm. I get lost in your voice. Mm-hmm. Monarch color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. They have the most opaque mixing system in the biz. Yes, they do. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink better, print better, be better. Live Moss. Monarch. Monarch. Okay. So this is big. This is huge. That's what she tells me all the time. Yeah. See, I, I, I you weren't, you know, you gotta, you gotta. Mm-hmm. I'm just so used to hearing that, that I didn't even <laughs> think of what you were saying. Um, I think all we need to say is one nine hundred hotstuff.com yeah if you have the pleasure and the opportunity go to <laughs> go to 1900hotstuff.com okay okay fine look i i feel like we should give a little bit of a sneak peek graphx source has created something incredible yeah so uh, it, so for some reason we have the luxury of saying incredibly stupid shit on this show it's, and it's then, total freedom and it feels, and then it gets created mm. and it's the best thing ever. So I'm going to try and screen share this. We'll see if this works. Are you ready? Will it? Are you ready? Share? Drum roll this shit. And <laughs> can you see oh, that? God, Yes. <laughs> so pretty much the graphic source made a landing page at one 900 hotstuff.com. And it's got a clip of our show. Uh, and it's just like super over the top, amazing website where you can contact Nick or Lucas. So go check it out. Give us some traffic. 
those dudes are awesome. And it just goes to show that they can do rad shit in a morning notice. So it's pretty sweet. I'd love getting surprises, stuff like that. What do we got now? We got great fucking screens.com. We got one nine hundred hot stuff. What were the other? Oh, we got uh frank.com, right? Easy way. It's the easiest way. It's the easiest way. It's just and here I I think we may have another one. <clears throat> Ooh, I'd almost threw my back out. Okay. I, I think we may have another one here, Dylan. Last but not least, we have Chromaline. And they've been kind enough to sponsor a new segment. And this new segment is called Just the Tip. Here's how it's going to work. So every week, Kevin is going to give us some screen room knowledge. And today, we're kicking it off with EOM. So I have to read, you know how that goes sometimes. So bear with me, okay? Good God. (laughs) So EOM, you know, is emulsion over mesh. And it is an important factor when making screens. The correct stencil build will determine how sharp your prints look and help meter ink coverage to a limited degree. The target, of course, is between 10 and 20%. and, And look, not everyone has access to a thickness gauge. So if you can't measure, feel. That's what, that's what I always say. You should be able to feel the edge of your artwork. And if you can't, well, then that's a sign it's too thin. Well, you're making a stencil wall. <clears throat> you need to be able to feel something there. You need some yeah. definition. There needs to be an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, any questions about this, hit up Kevin at Emulsion Guru on Instagram or go to chromaline.com to watch his honky videos. Oh, by far. Yeah. I can't watch them anymore. You can't. Oh, you've watched. Just, you mean you just, need to? I need to give you've it a gone. break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel that. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool that you know, like our sponsors are really the better word is supporters because they're 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 wanting to provide like this. This is valuable stuff. You know, like your screen room mm-hmm. is is um. I don't know. That's a room that's really tough to dial in, as you know, and so. How cool is it that we've got somebody that, um, that like, that's all they do. Like they, that's all he does in his whole life. Like his entire life is devoted for, is devoted to emulsion. Yeah. Emulsion and stuff like that. It seems about right. You know, he likes dealing with a gooey substance in a dark, dimly lit room. Um, Chad, cut that part out. You don't need that in there. (laughs) (laughs) You pre-stretched already, right? Cause you just went to the gym. Yeah, but I'm getting a little tight. Mm. Oh, yeah. Joanne was like giving me a weird look after I said that. I don't get it. She knows she stretched. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, it does. Come on, stretch that tongue uh, out. I have this knot right here, you know, from... Yeah. I don't know what, but it's kind of just right down there. And so when I got to the gym today my trainer cody he's he took his ball and put it right there perfect and then i kind of leaned back on it you know and let it roll around rolled it out mm-hmm. and it felt way way better so if you ever like if you're having any of those back pains just 
That's the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan, well, uh, today, who do we got? What? Exactly. We're on the same wave. Okay, mm-hmm. good. We, 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 it took a minute, but here we are. Today, we're talking with Kevin Baumgart. He's from Set Sales. We first were introduced to Kevin at Print Hustlers, mm-hmm. and we're super impressed. He knows his shit about what? He knows his shit. He just knows about, his shit. About sales. About sales. And marketing. Yeah. And marketing. And so, I don't know. Um, I think it'd be okay to make a few extra bucks, you know? So, full disclosure, he's a consultant, and so he's helping our shop. He helps a lot of shops. Isn't like it's, we're not the first or anything. And I wanted to kind of dial in the way we quote orders. And I was talking yesterday because he asked the question, um, this was on a zoom call and and you had a a consulting meeting yesterday. We did our first 50 minute time block. And, um, like at the end of it, I wanted to make sure, you know, that our team knew that, look, like this isn't a criticism to how we're doing things now because we're doing yeah. a lot of things that work well. But let's say that we are, you know, converting. Continue. When you are ready <laughs> to pay attention. Okay. You want this? You want this from here on out? Okay. So anyway, he was, he was, I can't look at you. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jojo. Look Continue. At okay. So um you want yeah, lazy yesterday... eye too? Do you want the lazy eye? <laughs> is this better? That's Windows? better. Yeah, I feel like that's better. This is how okay, continue. Every time I tell a story, this is what I want. And so I was I was explaining, like, look, we're doing a good job. Our team is doing a good job. I'm really proud of you, but what if we could get 10% more? Whoa, 10%? 10 fucking percent. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You know, that would mean like, let's see, we get like an order a month. One order? So we would get 10, we would get point one more order some <laughs> What? <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. I know. I know. So didn't you like that story? I'm so enthralled with your story, Andy. Okay. Hold on. Hold still. <laughs> All right. You just... Am I good now? All right. I, you know what? That makes me feel better. Like, as I appreciate it, cool. when you listen, you know, I, I know that sounds like sort of I'm your girlfriend in a way because I'm like, why don't you listen to me? You know, but we're friends like that. And if I'm, I listen to you, I put up with that, with all those stories. Sometimes. You ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Are you looking down at your weenie? Mm-hmm. Try to give it a quick check. Let me know when you find it. It'll take a while. Look at that picture. Super handsome. I know. God, no wonder you can sell stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Okay, that's half hey the guys. battle, Kevin. Don't lie to us. Hello. Hey. Hey. Let's just be honest right up front. It's the reason why you're good at selling stuff is because you're so handsome, right? 
Uh, yeah, that's almost the I've, entire reason why. How do you sell that to other companies though? Like, how do you be like, Hey, look he has, like me and you guys will make some money. He has a mask, right? I, uh-huh. It's on your website. I, well, that and makeovers, it's like makeovers slash. <laughs> slash makes perfect sense. Sales, You're right? going to have a re so you charge an Andy double then, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's big. Yeah. Makeover. It's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> and, uh, and Dylan triple. Oh, oh. that's no, don't no, Andy. <laughs> I'd say something right now, but, um, yeah, good to see you, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited it. for this one for sure, because it's hard, uh, selling t-shirts. It it's challenging. Shouldn't be. I think that's, I think that's the hardest part. Honestly. The funny thing is, is that we can share all the knowledge we want usually like on forums and with your friends on Instagram and everything else, no one ever talks about sales though. It's always like, yeah, you can get this emulsion or you can do this thing or this print technique, but it's like, nobody ever wants to like release the knowledge of how they get their sales. It's always like the guarded, the biggest guarded secret. So I feel like a lot of people just don't know, like they don't know how, and they, they just kind of take whatever comes. So So maybe I'm I'm, I'm very interested to hear. Maybe we should, title this one how to make a million dollars uh selling t-shirts and then at the in parentheses in 25 years or something like that <laughs> long long-term goal yeah i mean yeah, yeah. eventually okay. well hey just to start we've got kevin for an hour so i'm not wasting any time let's do it okay right? is that is that is, am i correct I think so. Let's all just stare at me. Okay. Nobody (laughs) answers. Works for me. Okay. Well, first off, it's great to see you. You're in a very beautiful room. So much natural light, which Andy loves. Um, Secondly, you, you sent us over this, this list that you were like, here's some suggestions. These aren't suggestions. These are perfect outlines for what we should do for the show. So great. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So Andy, I think the perfect way to do this is for you to say (laughs) where you were at and why you called Kevin in the first place. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. So 2022 has been a um, renaissance. Ooh, I just thought of that word. I like it because we are trying to do so many things this year. And one of them is... Well, we moved some stuff around the shop. We added a press, made things more efficient. Uh, another way is that Ryan came and helped us dial in some of our efficiencies and processes, right? And um, another part of that is Kevin. And so I think that we do, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit of this earlier, and that is I think that we do a, a pretty good job. Like we do a good job of quoting out when somebody con- contacts us, whether it is through, um, at our front counter, through our website or a phone call or something like that, we do a pretty good job. We re- um, Where we shine is, is that we are really fast to quote, like we quote right away and we have a signature that, that we're, we're used to and we get them the information. But I think that I, I want to make sure that we are doing um, everything right because I want to get some feedback on you know, what, how our process works. And I think that, um, somebody, and you know, like, when I heard Kevin, 
I just knew that he was the right person because he, that's his specialty. I mean, he already just like, um, yesterday we had our first zoom, um, with the team. He and I have had a few zooms, but yesterday we had our first zoom with the team and I can already tell, like, we are going to improve. And sort of like what I said to Kevin yesterday is that if we're converting, when we quote something, if we're converting 75% or 80%, if we could just convert 5% more or 10% more, you know, um, get one more quote, let's say out of 10, well, what does that equal throughout the year, you know, dollar wise? And yeah. so that's sort of why, um, I mean, that's, that's where we're starting. And maybe this show, maybe Kevin could be, if he, if he feels like it, if he thinks that we're not too big of goobers, that maybe there's a part two, you know what I mean? So maybe we come back after he's sort of worked his way through and helped us and got us leveled up, let's say. Maybe he comes back and, and we talk about, you know, where we were and then where we are then. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love that. You're you're right though, Andy. It's like those little small improvements, like throughout the process, little changes, little things can make a big difference. And it could be the result of winning a deal or not winning a deal and getting an order or not getting an order. And you guys know firsthand getting an order, starting to work with a business results in long-term reorders, renewal business can drive big revenue for you. So that's that's really the goal of our work together is to figure out how can we level up the team just a little bit and, uh, and win more deals. Is there, I, I know you don't want to give away everything because it's obviously your business, but like, is there stuff that you see like most shops are doing that is really dumb or is just like they're spinning their, you know what I mean? I, I feel like yeah. a lot of people are just spinning their wheels. It's not necessarily dumb. It's just, they don't know any better. Where yeah, you're just it, like, hey, here's some like. Andy brought up, Andy brought up a point already, and we talked about this somewhat at length. He mentioned to me like when he reaches back out to people that raise their hand and said, "Hey, I want a quote, or I need an order, I need shirts for this event, or whatever." He'll get back to them, and a lot of times he'll get the reaction of, "Wow, thanks for getting back to me so quickly." And it's like I think people in our industry are used to not getting a quick response and not like getting people to respond and be back to them in a timely manner. So we talked about the importance of that and Andy's team is already great at it. How do we continue to make that better? Um, there's a, I don't see a lot of shops having that response though. Like there's, there's not like sp speed to lead is the, is the metric that, that people usually track. And there's been a ton of data and research on, the time it takes to get back to a lead when it comes in. And all of the data shows that the longer of the time it takes, the less conversion you get from that lead to an actual opportunity or being able to close that sale. Now, is that, is that mostly due to the fact that like, if I'm sitting at home and I'm watching TV and something pops in my head, like, Oh yeah, I need to order shirts for this. And then I was to email you, but if I heard back from you within the hour or, you know, two hours or whatever, I would be way more likely to just follow through with the quick idea that I had instead of like, if you got back to me in two days, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Or I slept on it sure. at all. Sure. You know, I'd be like, Oh, maybe I don't as much as I thought I needed at that time. I, I think it could be some of that, but I think it's more of, they're not reaching out to just your shop. They're reaching out to two, three, four, five other shops. And if one gets back to me really quickly and they're professional and have what I need. And I have a good feeling and a good first impression with those individuals. Like, why wouldn't I move forward with that person? So I think it's more of like the competitive nature of our business. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the other thing is like, 
think about how you all have grown your businesses. I'm, I'm amazed at how this is such a, like a truly organic growth industry. It's word of mouth. It's customer referrals. You, you all haven't like built this heavy outbound sales machine and like drummed up your own business. You started no. your business and all of a sudden you get, you got a million dollar print business. Um, so in an industry like ours, that is so, so driven on inbound lead flow, tightening up that simple process of responding to leads in a timely manner, I think is, can be hugely impactful, but there's a, there's a couple of pieces of that one. It's like, it's, it's the, the timing. It's also process. So what happens when that lead comes in, who picks it up? What, what is the structure? What's the response? Uh, what's the messaging or language? Like, have we defined what we're asking, what we're saying? Um, like that, that whole piece, like it's not just get back to them fast, but get back to them in the right process that's dialed and defined with the right messaging. Um, yeah. The right talk track. Is it, this is just kind of a side thing. Cause I'm curious is it, if you can't, for some reason, get back to a customer or you know you're going to be out or whoever, is it better to send an automated message to just let them know like, Hey, I got it. And I will get back to you soon. Or how do you feel about that? Oh, I don't know. I have a love hate with automated messages. Um, Even if it's not automated and I know they have lengthy question and I can't get back to it right away. Is it better to send a message right then and there and be like, love it. yep. Love it. I'm super excited to learn more about your project opportunity. I've, you know, I'm going to get back to you within the next hour. Um, looking forward to having the conversation or can we still to talk more that that's different than an automated message that's personalized. So that's no, like, I, yeah, actually, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying for me personally, like I run into that sometimes. That's why I don't deal with customers anymore. It's just because I have so much other stuff going on that I at least like to hit them with the quick one of like, Hey, I got it. Uh, I read through everything looks good, but I'm in the middle of this. I'll get back to you as soon as I'm done. I feel like then they can sit back and be like, all right, I at least know it's coming. Yeah, I like it. And I'm, and I'm not totally opposed to straight up automated either. If we know that we don't have a process or the people in place to get back to people in a responsive manner. Like I would much rather have an automated message go right away. Hey, we've got your inquiry. We're excited about the opportunity. We'll reach out. So yeah, you and I talked a little bit about that because our speed to quote is fantastic Monday through Friday, eight to five. But then what happens on the weekends? You know, if we receive a quote, it's on Saturday morning, it's going to sit and it's going to age and it's going to age. And then all of a sudden Monday morning, we're going to try and get to it. Right. And so those that come in on Saturdays are going to sit the longest. And we talked about that a little bit, it's a concern. Like, you know, how can we, what's the workaround there? And it should it be an automation? <clears throat> I feel like yeah. I get a lot of my quotes at night, like mm -hmm. from five to nine, it's people like at home, yeah, being like I need to order this. Yeah. It's interesting. This is like sometimes an afterthought, right? It's not their core business. They think about shirts and they're like, God, I got to reach out to folks. Um, what Andy and I talked about was just setting up a like out of office, like response notification where and over that weekend, and maybe it's nights too, Andy, that's not a, not a bad idea where you're setting it. So if they do get an email, come in, they get that automated response and that's saying, we'll get back to you, you know, by 9am the next morning. It lets them know that you're like a human being that works nine to five and you're not there until 1am every day. Yeah. Yep. And it, and it lets them, it acknowledges that we received it. It's not like out in space or anything like, yeah, it's we have your this spam quote. folder. Yeah, exactly. So it's probably, it's probably better, uh, you know, option. I think not, mm -hmm. I don't like it during the business hours though. I don't think I like it during business hours. I think that 
I think it's better off just to get back to them, to them before you leave the shop, no matter what. You know? Yeah. Kevin, we kind of jumped in, but I do want to hear real quick, like your background, because you wanted to kind of say how you got into all this. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, I don't know, I, I get to I always ask like how people got into the business and it's like, are you crazy ex rockers selling band t-shirts or whatever? Like your entrepreneurial journey and story was, was always fun. The way that I got into screen printers, um, my my whole background, sales, sales management, my whole career, mainly with tech, like early stage entrepreneurial tech businesses. Um, I was doing some pro bono teaching and coaching and mentoring of entrepreneurs in a like a little small co-working space in Chicago. And I met Bruce Ackerman. And so early stages of Printavo, this was like he had three people in a little small office, like jumbled together. They were still trying to like really launch and scale. And so Bruce and I worked on a bunch of stuff, sales process, scripting, messaging. We trained his salespeople um, and, the, you know, became friends. And he's like, you know what? You should really start calling screen printers. Like they need help with sales. And so I actually built this, this like strategy consulting practice on the side, solely just out of working with screen printers. Um, the first person he connected me with was Farrag, of course. So yeah, obviously <laughs> so Steven and I did a bunch of work together and I, you know, started training up his whole sales team. I still work closely with him and all his campus reps and that crazy business he's got going on. Um, and then, yeah, they connected me with all their friends and you guys have such a tight knit incestuous group of people. And I've had a blast. It's just like the crazy entrepreneurial journey that you've all traveled through. And, um, the, again, what I find incredibly unique and it's, it's really refreshing to see like you all have built businesses without having to like really have defined like sales acumen. Like I've, I haven't talked to really any shops that are like, yeah, you know, I used to be a professional salesperson or I've right. been training in sales. It's like, you have to sell because it's your business. And if you don't sell, like you're, you're not going to, it's gone. Yeah. You're, you're, you're done. <laughs> I think that, and I think that this is true for our shop and probably for a lot of shops out there is that, you know, we are, we're craftsmen and we have this skill. We're artists. We love producing this, you know, this art on a t-shirt and we, uh, and that translates over to the customers. Like when somebody comes in and they, it's authentic. Like they recognize the fact that, wait a second, you know, that this person really gives a shit about what they're doing and they love, you know, printing shirts. Well, then that's, that's an easy sale, isn't it? But what I think, and so we sort of, I guess we rode on the coattails of that. Like that's how, that's how we have grown. And, and that's, and that says something. And when I, and when I told you when we first started is that we don't want to be, this isn't like an ABC always be closing pressure sales thing at our, at our front counter. That's not what I'm trying to add. That's not what I'm trying to add to Shirkong. I'm just trying to take what we do now and make it better you know? Yeah. And so, so still there's, there's no pressure closed. There's no, it, it's nothing about that. It's just about, I know that our quotes could be better. I look at them sometimes. I'm like, man, there's just so they're too wordy. There's too much going on here. And, um, I want to get into what I thought was really great is, and that is one of the things you suggested is like finding out what they really need. Yeah. They need t-shirts, but is there something in there that you can, when you send out this quote that you can hit on, that's different than, because like you said, maybe, maybe they're getting two or three or four quotes and what, what like, what makes your you know shop stand out? Why would they choose yeah. us? And so I thought that was really important. 
Yeah, it's it's like we we do a really good job in our business of getting the details needed to quote a job. Like we understand how the quantities, sizes, like we ask the technical questions to understand how to quote. We don't necessarily ask the questions to really understand how we're going to position ourselves to win the business or understand what's the need, what's the challenge, why are they reaching out to us and how we can align the values that we have and the the benefits that our solution and services provide and the differentiation with, with our other competitors in the space. So my, like, this is one really, really easy change you can make. And like, I guess there's two components. One is asking the right questions up front, right? Let's not just try to understand what we need to quote, but really understand what they need as far as like output goals, like what do you want to get out of this order? What's the end goal? What's, what are you trying to accomplish with this? And sometimes it's, it's an easy answer. I need shirts for a race or <laughs> I need uniforms for my construction company. Like that's easy, but, but like, what are you trying to, like, what's the goal of that? Do you, what do you really care about? What do you want to accomplish within this? And just asking some deeper level questions will help really understand like how you can then position what you're going to propose but then it's quoting to that, those specifications. So um, Andy and I are going to work on some scripting on when we're presenting quotes. And like in some instances, I'm hundred percent okay with shipping an email quote, send a quote with the details of the order, like, especially for current customers, reorders, people that know you, people no that you're comfortable right with, now. like they're, they're going to think it's weird if you want to jump on a call or jump on a zoom and like go through a, like a presentation of what you're quoting. But for someone that's reaching out to you the first time, or if it's a current customer that's doing a really big order, a unique order for the first time, it probably makes sense then to get on a call with them, get on a Zoom with them. You know, my grandma Zooms, everybody can fucking Zoom, get on a Zoom <laughs> with them and share a screen and, and not just share the quote, but share Hey, when we first talked and sat down, you mentioned you needed shirts for this event. And what you really cared about was quality and your view of quality. If I look back at my notes, I think you said, I want people to wear these shirts again. And I want them to be really, really high quality shirts. So we kept that. And, and you mentioned for a print shop partner, you were really looking for someone that was responsive and that could hit this turnaround time for the event. So we took that into consideration when we put together this quote, and that really aligns to what we hear from our clients. Our clients tell us that they appreciate working with us because we hit turnaround times, we meet expectations. Like you're essentially saying, here's what you told me, here's what we provided. And now I'm really excited to share what we put together for you. That little piece of positioning is like so much difference than what, than what we're doing today. And I yeah. love how you how you used that. And instead of like a brag, like, Hey, this is what we do. You just like you told me yesterday, you said, we have heard from our customers. This is what we do. You know how you worded that just a minute ago, because I think that's an important yeah. distinction. I get pushback from shops on that all the time. When we build out, like, um, in that initial conversation, if we're talking to a shop for the first time, my recommendation is have a three slide, like presentation of your shop. And I get pushed back often because it's like, I don't want to brag about what we do, but it's not really, you know, Andy talking about how great a shop is. It's Andy talking about the feedback that he gets from his customers and what they tell him and why they do business with him. So yeah, I'm glad you picked that up. That, that positioning, I think is pretty critical. And it makes it easier for us that aren't trained salespeople to talk about our business and talk about the value that we can provide. 
Yeah. There's a couple things too in that, that I see quite a bit with some big customers that we deal with where, you know, we might be guilty. Like, I'd like to say that our people are like that, where they will ask them about what they need and like all this other stuff and talk to them about the whole thing. But there's been a ton of times where we take on like a large order from a customer and you're just so focused, focused on getting that order that you don't think to talk to them about everything. And you, they don't ever even bring it up that sure. they might need other things. And then when you're done with your side of the project, you see when they present it like as a package or whatever, say it's a, say it's someone on tour or whatever. And they're like, Oh, I need this many shirts. And you're like, okay, cool. Let's do the shirts. And then you realize when they post the package, it's like, they also got tote bags and they got uh, like embroidered hats and all this other stuff. And you're like, shit, well, where did they get that stuff from? And it's like, if you would have just asked, you could have probably gotten all those other things too. And it's like, I've had it happen so many times where like, I had someone recently where they ordered like 15,000 shirts for a tour and they ordered like 30,000 tote bags, but they just didn't think that we did tote bags. I'm like, all I had to say was like, yeah, we could, oh, is there anything else that you're ordering for this? Cause we could possibly handle it. And we probably would have gotten those tote bags. They, uh, they got the totes from me. That's yeah, cool that's that's why they had to return them all. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> you didn't let me finish the story. <laughs> um, no, I think that's I think that's so true. I mean, I think we're definitely guilty of not asking for anything else. You know, like oh, by the way, and I don't even know if it's as much as that. Like by the way, we also you know make totes or anything. I think it's more of a a different question. I think it's how would you, what would the question be, Kevin? I mean, to Dylan, to Dylan's point, like, how would you, how would you discover the fact that they have, or that they actually need more things? Yeah. So I, I think the more general the question, the better. So something like, you know, what, what other printed garments, other, what other decorated apparel, what other merchandise are, are you looking at ordering today or in the future, in the next quarter? Um, I think it's kind of like what you were saying before is you had a slide of like, you don't want to brag about your company, but it's also being like, well, we also offer embroidery and we or you know, enamel pins and like all, like all this other stuff that you could offer just so they know that it's on the table. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know that we can order banners, but it's like, for sure, we can get the banners and like all this other stuff. I feel like if you just kind of like let them know in that initial conversation, like, yeah, we'd love to do this, but just also, so, you know, we also offer embroidery and blah, 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 and everything and, else. And a lot of times on that, those slides, it's like, they should be image heavy, right? It should be printing in action, different products that you all provide. Those, those should be highlighted on those slides for sure. Yeah. I, um, I have a, a question. So, and I agree with you 100% that, you know, uh, whether it's a zoom call or a phone call, I think that's huge, you know, because we're so used to just sending out an email and thinking that's enough. And here we go. We, we send it out and we, we've taken all this time, like to actually quote it, you know, look up the pricing and all the, all these kind of things yep. and then yep. send out this quote. And then we don't do anything. Like it's just out there in space. Did, did they even receive the quote? You know, I know there's easy software we can set up like boomerang to, to find out if they've sure. opened it and things like that. But you know, what, what is, um, I think that to convince a sales, some, like one of your client, you know, managers to, to take time out of their day to actually call, you know, and, or to do a zoom call. I think that sometimes you're going to have resistance there because they're either, they're going to say, you know, I don't have enough time or maybe they they're don't shy. I don't know. Phone. 
Yeah, they don't want to. Yeah. Actually, that's that, that's dude. Real. That's a huge yeah. thing here, it, and it's it super annoying. It is. It's it, it's. A, I think it's a problem in our industry. Like I had a manager tell me like a decade ago, like stop hiding behind your computer, like go <laughs> go on, dude, knock yes. on doors. Uh, I don't even think it's that though. I think it's like if if we give it a shot and start trying to uh, more proactively reach out over the phone and try to set up like more structured Zoom calls, the the team members will see the increased efficiency of it. We've all been in that situation where we've got a, a potential order and we're sending emails back and forth. There's 10 emails, no change to this size. No, I've got a question on this. It's like, it's so inefficient to, to communicate and converse back and forth, which every time there's an order or potential order that comes in, we're going back and forth, pick up the phone in a five minute phone conversation. We can get through all of this, answer all the questions. So much easier. So much easier. So, so in my, in my experience, like, it is ripping the bandaid off of, Hey, let's just, we're going to implement this process. We're going to implement this structure, just try it a few times. And I think you'll see the impact and the, the benefits of it. But to your point, Dylan, there are people that have that personality that they they've never done that. And it's uncomfortable for them and they don't want to do it. Um, like maybe like there should be people that are solely working on net new orders of folks that we've never done before. And the, those people that are more comfortable communicating via email with our clients that are like that, they can stay doing that with our current customers that might be weird for them to say, Hey, can you jump on a call anyways? Yeah. I, I'm really, I really always try to like, let's not touch and mess up this inbound flow that we have. Like you guys have all built amazing businesses on that structure and process. Let's not like really upend this. Um, um, but if you are changing and going outbound. Well, it's like when I, first went from my first company and then I ended up going to Georgia and I worked for another company there. That's kind of where I really got my feet wet working in a shop. And one of the things I learned from there was picking up the phone. Cause back with my first company, when I did merch buttons, it was solely like MySpace and email back and forth of like, you know, putting orders together. But when I got there, he was very adamant on his sales training from working in a company before he started screen printing where it was phone calls all the time. So he was on the phone all the time being like, just closing a deal being like, all right, I got your email, but like, blah, 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 go through the whole thing on the phone. So I got kind of into like, okay, get the email, set up the invoice, make the mock-up and then immediately pick up the phone like email it and then pick up the phone and be like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like I emailed it over. If you have any questions, let me know. Nine times out of 10, I feel like they open the email right there when you're on the phone. And then you walk through the whole thing. And then we, I always like took the card over the phone. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I can take a payment now for you if you want. And a lot of times they're like, okay, yeah, I can do that now. Instead of like, I mean, it's salesy, but it's kind of like, instead of letting them wait, you're just like, Hey, do you want me to take care of this right now? So it's done and over with. And I feel like a lot of time that gets them away from like thinking about it more and just kind of closing the sale right then and there. And the other thing too, is that we did this thing where it was like the end of the month where I was trying to hit my sales goal. Cause I was an employee then. And I was trying to hit sales goals. I would just spend that last like two days, just picking up the phone on quotes that I haven't heard back from. And I'd be like, Hey, just looking to see if you're still looking to place that order and everything. And I feel like so often they were like, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And it was like, I try to bring that here to my company and these guys just never want to pick up the phone. Yeah. Or like I'll come out to somebody and be like, Hey, uh, I saw this quote in here. It's for this like big order or whatever. Like, have you heard back from the customer? They're like, I emailed like two days ago and I haven't heard back. And I was like, why don't you just give them a call and like, see if they need anything or if they're not going to do this order at all or whatever. And they're just like, no. Or like, I'll say, 
did you hear about back about those size smalls? Did, did they figure it out? And they're like, Oh, I haven't heard in a day. I'm like, did you not call them? Or like, I'm waiting to hear back about this thing so we could print this job. And I'm like, did you call them? No, I, I grabbed the phone. I'm like, what's their number? And then I call them and they're like, yeah, it's blue. I'm like, cool. Like, <laughs> dude, we figured this question out in like one minute. Uh, two, two things to unpack there. One, your strategy of sending them and calling. I love it. I would reverse it though. I would call them, get them on the line and say, Hey, I've got the quote done. I'm going to send it via email. Do you have five minutes to review it with me real quick or two minutes to review it that way? They have, they have, if you have something that they want, so, right. Like they want the quote. So you're saying right when you hit send on that email, no, then don't call send them? it. No, don't send it. So you're dangling it over them. Exactly. My preference (laughs) and recommendation would be set a meeting, set a zoom to review the quote. It's in the calendar. They've accepted. We know, we know both what we're going to do and we get on this call and we share it. If we're not going to do zooms to review the quotes, my second fallback would be um, set a time to call and review or just call them, ask them if they have two minutes when you get them on the line, but don't send it until they pick up the phone. What, what you'll find happen is, if they send it, they get the email, they, they open it up and all of a sudden their phone rings. They don't need to talk to you because they have what they needed. And now you can't position the quote that you put together, why you think you're the right fit, what the, the information that, again, you uncovered in that discovery. That's perfect. I love that. Run. And then the other piece to unpack was um, that follow-up process. Um, I don't know. It's so funny. I actually started crafting emails for shops on like when people ghost us, like <laughs> which happens often, right? So we often a, we send a quote and then people just go dark. So there really has to be again, like some detailed process and approach and structure that has to happen after we quote. So like when I review a quote, uh, I should, we should set next steps. Same thing. Next steps should be in the calendar and it should be aligned to like when they need to make a decision by backing into when they need shirts in hand, knowing that the supply chain is a mess. Like we need to have a decision made if you want to get shirts into production, get art approved and get your shirts on this, this day. Like we need to make a decision, let's say by Friday, let's put time together on Thursday. I'll circle back. You said you were going to review with your boss. We'll answer any questions that you have. So like we've got now time set up little bit harder to schedule that meeting than it is to schedule the quote meeting because you have something that they want in the quote meeting, but, but try and ask and, you know, communicate as you want to be responsive. So there needs to be some follow-up process to find so that when we send the quote, it's not just, we don't hear from them again. Real quick question into this though. How do you feel about, I know we're talking a lot about trying to get up on the phone, but the dangerous part about the phone too is information gets lost in like what they actually said or what they wanted. And then you print the job and they're like, well, we, I, we talked about on the phone that I wanted this specific thing. Do you have something you suggest with that as far as like recording it or documenting what they said and having them prove it? Uh, may, less maybe on like a call recording, but more on like when you're sending the details of the job over for approval, like that the details are actually filled out, right? Yeah, I think um, I get into that spot sometimes too, because, you know, we'll send uh, a quote or whatever, or or whatever the reason is. And the customer says, you know, I I don't have time to check my email. I want a phone call. And so you're talking to to them on the phone. And I think that what our work around that is, is that once we have discussed on the phone, let's say we have a three minute phone call right before we hang up, I, or we say, Hey, so 
I'm going to shoot you over, like shoot you over an email and to review what we just talked about. You know what I mean? And then it's reply back if I have everything right. Yeah, that's perfect. <clears throat> yeah, I love it. Um, as, as long as they have some documentation. <laughs> uh, two things. One, I have this little bike story where I was in seventh grade and I was, I thought I was going to be the next BMX, like God, like racer. And I ordered uh, for my birthday, I got a, I had contributed some money. And then my, my parents gave, um, birthday money towards this new bike and we ordered it. We had to order it. It was a Huffy. <laughs> and we ordered it from Kmart. No, we ordered this bike from a bike store. Right. And I was like, I couldn't wait. You know what that is? Like when you're a kid, like waiting three weeks or whatever it was, is like three years. And so I, I, every day Dude. I would, I would ask my mom, like, mom, would you just call the bike store and see if my bike came in? I mean, I can't believe it. Why isn't it in? Call them, call them. And I think the first time she called and then I would, I would nag her and be like, could you, could you call? And she finally said, you know, like you call, like you should call. Why don't you call? And I was like, um, I, I can't, like, I'm too shy. I didn't say I was too shy, but no way I'm not calling them. Like, I want you to call them, mom, you call. And she said, well, I'm not calling them. It's up to you. And so I, 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 it, I wanted to so bad, like to find out that information that I finally called them. And I got over that, I guess, fear of, you know, calling some, like actually picking up the phone and calling. And so maybe there's a way that you can incentivize if you have a, if you have somebody that you, let's say you don't have the luxury of finding, ha, you know, having the person that isn't afraid of calling, calling, and then the other people they send out the online, let's say, let's say you just have one person on your team and you want them to get over the fear of calling, then there must be some way to like, I don't know, make it so that they do. Um, and my second part to that is, is that I don't think it's necessary to call everyone. I think that there's probably this qualifying number. And so I don't know what that number is. I think in our shop, I was reviewing a few of our uh, online quotes yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, well, maybe that's like a thousand dollars. So like if, if their order is going to total over a thousand dollars, then that if you don't have a thousand dollars, we're not calling you. <laughs> well, but, but, but really like if you only have so much time and you don't want to call every single person for every single quote, isn't it, shouldn't it, it be for the ones that are, you know, that are Wealthy. significant or something. I see what yeah. you're saying, Andy. Yeah. There, there should be thresholds. Right. And, and like, if it is a $200 order, do we really want to put the time and effort into chasing them and really defining that? So yeah, I'm, proponent of putting thresholds in place on, you know, if it is above this opportunity and we've never talked to them before, we should recommend a zoom conversation and have it be like a more structured approach, um, or a call. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, um, to your, your, what can we do? Like, I like the incentivization piece, but again, if people don't have that personality, they don't like it, they're not going to be good at it. So maybe that's not like, maybe we don't incentivize them and push them to do it. Um, Call, call reluctance is a real thing. Like when, when I was managing big sales teams, like, like the first call is always the hardest. Like we, I'd walk around the floor and like, all right, let's pick up the phone. Let's go. Like the first call is always the hardest, like get in that action and, and get moving on it. Um, you could always role play too. You could have team members call one another and here's the situation, create a quick scenario. Here's Dude, I would so much rather call a random stranger customer than fucking role play with someone else in my office. A hundred percent because they know the business. They understand what you're talking about. They know the script as well, but then it makes picking up the phone and calling a customer so much easier. If I roll, yeah, play, because they just got shamed so hard by their colleague next to them. 
but but now every call that they're going to make for the next day and the next week and the next month is cake because they had to sell their coworker or run a call with their coworker that knows exactly what they were supposed to say. Role playing does suck. It is the absolute fucking worst. But but it, there's there's a reason why people do it is because it works. Like it it can help people get over that that reluctance. I know you hate that, Dylan, but I would not in a million years. It would not happen here. <laughs> uh there's something else you said in here uh, in your notes that was i, I kind of wanted to touch on where you said that you um oh, where is it here to kind of like review i guess you would kind of do that with larger customers or recurring customers like review what they're getting and what they're doing and what you can do to improve and stuff like how often should that actually happen for like our current customers, like our largest revenue. Yeah. Like, it, like say, say you have a customer orders once or twice a month and you're just so in the zone and used to like just answering their email, filling out their new order, whatever. Like, is it better to sit down and review what they're getting or maybe hit them up with current trends in the market or like new products and stuff like this? Like how, what do you think about that? Yeah. I, th- I think this, this is one of those, like, like small lift that can have a really big impact on the business. Um, it's almost always in most shops that I talk to, it's like the 80, 20 rule, 20% of our customers are driving 80% of our revenue. So why aren't we putting more time, effort, emphasis, focus on those 20% of our customers where all the revenue yeah. is coming from um, in, in tech sales. And maybe some of your vendors might do this with you all. They have like a quarterly business review or a quarterly partnership review. We call them QPRs. It's essentially just like a, a, a structured, scheduled 20 minute, maybe every quarter meeting, like Zoom is great. In person is better on the phone is okay. Right. Like actually set that meeting with a structured agenda um, and review the, the business, what's going on with you, with them and what you should be looking forward to over the next quarter. So I usually do like maybe five slides, most like first slide, uh, is data. Like I usually title it like success we've achieved together or what we've accomplished together. We've done this many orders, this average turnaround time, this much investment in decorated apparel, like all the data and details on what they've done in the last quarter. Uh, the next slide would be like, uh, what's new on the shop's end? What's new on our end? We hired a couple new people, this new printing process, a couple new garments, like whatever, whatever updates you have for them. And then you kick it over to them. What's new on your end? And that's a blank slide. Sometimes they'll even get out of present mode and they'll type what they're saying, like new initiatives, what they're focused on. Sometimes they start talking about like projects for this quarter and more future looking things. Um, But I just want to ask that question overall. And then the next slide would be like, what are we looking forward to over the next quarter? Talk to me about projects, jobs, what can we be ready and prepared for? And I think the goal of that is more like, let's... uh, let's make sure that we're on the same page and that because of the supply chain issues and because of everything else, like let's, let's, let's be proactive and let's understand what's coming down the pipe. Um, and then usually one last slide of like, what can we uh, do differently? What can we do better? What can we improve on? Right. Um, this, that's an interesting point. And I, I've gotten some pushback from shops on like that turns into a bitch session, right? Your price is too high. You missed turnaround time, last order. Yeah, but it's going to make you better. Hundred percent. That's the goal. Like I want to. Don't want to hear about it, but you know it's going to make you better. I want to, but I also want to know that stuff 
so I can fix it. And I well, can't. So it's not too late. The, the biggest part of that is that if you don't ask those questions, they're going to go, they're not going to say anything. They don't want to hurt your feelings either. So they're just going to go to another shop and be like, well, I hope they do this better. Or do they go to the, I've gotten it before where people call me that have gone to another shop for forever. And they're just like, you know, can you like, we got this one job from them and we see what you're printing. Could you, I think you could do this a little bit better. But what yeah. they should have done is they should have called that customer and been like, Hey, I didn't really like this thing about this print. Is there a way to fix this on the next one? And it just didn't happen because there wasn't that review or that wasn't that fix. Yeah. Yep. Um, hundred percent. I want to you go. I was going to say the other part of that is, is that we have some large customers too, where I'm constantly like, you know, the same, same scenario. Like you don't want them to eventually, you know, some charismatic, good looking guy or girl could come into their place of work and be like, Oh, well we offer this and this and this, we'd love to work with you. And they charm them. It's kind of like, anytime we get like a really big recurring customer, I try to get as much of a personal connection with them as I can. Um, because I want them to feel m- kind of emotionally attached to working with us so that w- when that person walks in the office, their good looks and charm don't mean anything because Dylan, they're Dylan, so connected. Dylan, you're adorable and nobody's stealing an account from you. Uh, I'm not talking so about me. I'm talking about you. I'm asking for a friend, Andy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, so, I, I, I love you. Some Right. So Thanks I'm just saying out. that like, I think those reviews would be important because it's also like, Maybe you don't do it through slides. Maybe you go to lunch together and you talk about if they're local or if like one thing we did is like two years ago is we made like custom logo cookies for all of our big clients. And like, they were all like super decorated frosted with their logos and like all this other stuff. It's like stupid shit like that, where they're like, why would I order from somewhere else? Like Dylan sent us these like amazing cookies or whatever. Um, But there's things throughout the year that I try to do. That's not just like, oh, they have to wait for Christmas to get cookies, but yeah. I think, I think that's super important is the reviews and the, the meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. That pro, the proactive outreach and like ways to strengthen the relationship, you know, take, taking them to lunch, gifting holiday stuff, uh, sending them samples with their logo on it. You've already got logos. Like it's not, it's not a big cost to print something, you know, uh, know all of the main points of contact sizes. Like you should have that in whatever, database CRM, you should be sending them samples. Um, yeah, that, that proactive stuff can, can make a big difference. And yeah, I, I want to know, I want to understand, I want to know the qualms, the issues, the concerns that they have. I can then overcome those and strengthen and build the relationship. And if I don't know, they'll, they'll go somewhere else. Exactly. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, because I just heard you say, send them samples and that, and that sort of thing. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a, a dedicated, department or press, you know, whatever it may be to actually do that. Because I hear you say that and I'm like, oh my gosh, just like, there's no way we have time to get on any samples. We're already like barely keeping up. And now all of a sudden we're going to run a sample order. I mean, there's just no way. It so could be it a be, line item on the schedule though. It could just be like the you know, first Monday of the month, you just run samples for your big clients. Maybe, maybe true. I like that too. Um, yeah. I see how that could work. I think there's, there's gotta be, there has to be that person accountable to it though. So it has to be an account manager or a customer success manager, whoever is the one that's managing that customer and is wanting that revenue because they're getting the commission or it's their job. And like, they care about retention. They're the ones that have to make sure that that happens. If we don't have it in production, like 
I, I get it, but like, it's not, nothing's going to happen unless that person is saying, all right, we need to get this sample out to this customer. They're the ones that are going to have to push that whoever's quarterback in the account. Andy, did you have more to that point? I feel like I interrupted. Uh, no, I, I'm, I think I did. And then I couldn't remember what I was going to say next, but I kind of <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, my first question was, would be, can there be a sixth slide in that presentation? And that is how can they be better? Or is that, is that rude? I shouldn't put that. Probably. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, because, but on, but sincerely, I think that there needs to be, I, I know you said there was a slide in there, like, Hey, is there anything we could be doing better? Because I think that's really important to mention, but maybe that opens up conversation to how we could, um, look, they have some goals, right? We're, if we're trying to discover some of their goals and that is like, Hey, we, we really need our shirts by this event or these times. And this is what's mm -hmm. important to us. And so maybe you discover those, some of those things and you could mention that, well, I hear you and I know exactly how we could hit more deadlines or whatever that might be. And that is if we had this from you, you know what I mean? So maybe that yeah. fifth slide or whatever that slide was, I can't remember what number it was, but whatever that slide was opens up that conversation where you, where it's safe to say that, um, here, if we, if we actually did this, it would improve things. A hundred, hundred percent. Like, I don't know if I would like, like you got to be careful with how you're wording that and how you're, if you're putting it on a slide in advance, you're like maybe if you weren't such an asshole, we could, uh, <laughs> we get this done. <laughs> uh, but I think bringing that stuff up, like, I totally get where you're coming from. We had a turnaround time concern. We're running at a longer cycle because of uh, accessibility to garments and supply chain. So let's try to get our, like the order input and order approval, not 10 days. Let's try to shoot for 14 days. So um, yeah, two way street, like this is a, it's a quarterly partnership review. It's not a quarterly client review, right? It goes, it goes both ways. I feel like, I feel like we've ran into that with some customers where we kind of steered them into a better direction. And it, I know it's been way better for us. Like there's some customers that place orders where say it's a brewery or whatever. And they're like, they're always like 12 designs they give us and they, you know, at a time and they're always different and they number them. They're like design one, design four, like through the whole thing. But then when we make the mock-up, we call it what the design looks like. Anytime we make a mock-up and we send it to a customer, we're calling it something in our system to where they can reference it quick or they know what it is. It could be like, like shark head orange or something, you know, just whatever. It could be anything, but we tell the customer like, Hey, if you're going to reorder that reorder, what we called it in the mock-up instead of like design number six, sure, because sure. we have no idea what six is. And then we've had it before. where like, we printed an order that was something that they thought was something else because it was like a different name. And it's like, that's stupid. Like it should be the same thing all across the board. So it was, it was something simple like that where I wasn't trying to like scold them, but I was just trying to be like, Hey, this is going to be a lot more seamless for everybody. If when you say I want to reorder, you're reordering Sharkhead Orange instead of number four. Yep. So, and I mean, I, that, those are the kind of things that I would bring up, but go ahead, Amy. I love that. Yeah, you're right. Um, that That is good information to discuss during that QPR. What'd you call it? Yeah. Early partnership review. Yep. Um, but one of your bullet points here is uh, I think really good. And I think that a lot of shops definitely struggle with this. And that is not negotiating just because people ask. And in parentheses, you have um, mutual concessions or challenge them. And so can you, can you talk about that a little bit more? 
Yeah, th- this comes up in in every shop project that I work on. Uh, there's usually two schools of thought as it comes to negotiation. Either they won't negotiate at all. The price is the price. Like they're not going to lessen quality in their process uh, or they'll negotiate. And it's like, hell yes, let me win as much business as I can. Like what's the lowest, what's the lowest price you need? Um, I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's like the, the, the race to the bottom, you know, like, it's like, like we got to get a little bit more strategic at like the questions that we're asking and how we're approaching it. If people want a better price, like why do they want a better price? And where, where are they trying to get to? Like, we got to ask those questions and really understand, is it a total budget amount? Is it a budget per item amount? Why do they need to get it there? Like, have they gotten other quotes there? And if they have like, send them over, like I'm, you know, you know enough about your industry and business at what, where the quotes are going to lie. Right. But my recommendation is like not negotiating just to negotiate. And if you are going to lower their price, they should provide concessions as well. So if you're at $14 a shirt, they need $12 a shirt. Great. We can get to 12. Let's talk through how we can get you there. Can we lessen the amount of double XLs down three or four, like lower the quantities, lower the quality of the garments you know, change the, the, maybe the the turnaround print style, turnaround time, any of that stuff, right? Like if we are going to give concessions and we're going to lower our price, they should be willing to do the same. Um, So like that, that's negotiating. It needs to be a win-win. There has to be wins on both sides and just giving a lower price because someone asked for it. Yes. You might win the business, but that's devaluing the business and the services that you want. Isn't it? I hate that. Yeah. Like, thanks for confirming this because I've always said when somebody asks for a discount, I've always said that we have to justify it. We're not just going to willy nilly say, okay, sure. You know, like no problem. We'll, we'll charge a dollar less. Cause like and your so, cost is your cost for a reason. It's not right, like, right. It is just this made up number. And so I think it's, I think that's really important. I think shops out there sometimes, you know, like I know how it feels because you don't know what business you're going to have in three weeks. Like we just don't know. I mean, we're, we're maybe three weeks out, but then what after that, are we going to be receiving orders? And so you have bills to pay. And so you say, okay, fine, we'll we'll print your order. Um, I used to say that, but then I decided that like, why, why would I, you know, lower my price? And so there had to be a reason, like, did they bring, are they standing at the counter with like art done that I don't have to touch? You know, is that, is that something that's really easy and they can just give me the file and I can actually just output it and go. I mean, because that's worth something. And so yeah. you're right. Like it ha- there has to be a reason if we're ever, ever going to budge, which we rarely do. There has to be a reason. And I would say this too, like if you're busy, if like most shops are in America, if you are, if you have a lot of orders to print, why are you discounting anything? Like if you have, if, if you're like us, like right now leading up, we're going to, it's going to slow down and drop off before the fourth that it typically does. But right now, we're busy almost in overtime. Like why the fuck are we going to discount our prices if we have that sort of work? And so don't get in that. Just, I think if you're confident, I think if you're, if you have somebody pushing back, especially if they, if they are pushing back and they, and you um, let's say that, you, you know, you've, you've sent out your quote or you're on the phone with a quote or whatever it is, and they're coming back with a lower price. That means that they want to come to you. Otherwise they just would just ignore you and go away and go to the other one. Like they actually do want to work with you. And so don't budge. I I don't, I'm, I give them a reason why I can't too. If they actually want to ask, I'm like inflation, 
COVID, what do you want to know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a really good point. They're, they're coming to you for a reason. They want to do business with you. Um, the, there's this challenger sale methodology. Um, you have, if you're going to take this approach, you got to be, you got to be on it and you got to be pretty dialed, but essentially stating like, I totally get where you're coming from. Like everybody's trying, especially in this macroeconomic environment to like make sure that they're getting the best price, uh, product and, and services. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, like our, our customers, same exact approach. A lot of our current customers came to us and asked for discounts. Once they actually saw the quality output and service that they got from us, they were happy to pay a little bit more than other shops. Just give me a shot. Give me, give me a shot at what we quoted. And I'm confident that you'll be really, really happy with the output and that we'll, we'll build a really strong partnership. Like th- that's a, that's a solid statement and a solid approach. And but, then you botch it and have to reprint the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. but, but you, but you have to be really, really confident in that messaging and that delivery. And you have to know what you're going to say and have that script dialed. You just can't challenge someone and say, Hey, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I acknowledge that concern of cost, but like, just give me a shot because I'm confident that you'll see the level of quality and the service that you'll get from us. He's got it. Doesn't it, doesn't it suck that, um, that we are for some reason, screen printers are beat up over price. I mean, you go into the Apple store and you're like, Hey, I want a new like iPhone 13. And they're so it's 900. They're like, well, bucks. well, that'll be, you know, $2,600. And, and then you're like, like, Hey, I'll give you 1900. What well, they're going to look at you like you're a moron, you know, like at this it's what you would never say that at Apple. And so you wouldn't say that at McDonald's for a fucking McChicken. You wouldn't be like, I'll give you 86 cents. They're going to be like, suck again, a dick. Again, like, it's, because, <laughs> it's because it's this race to the bottom. We've done it. Like we're a lot of shops are just hungry at business and they want to take on whatever they can. We, we need to, again, teach and tailor and take control and challenge our, our customers and teach them that like, it's like the get what you pay for without being a dick and saying you get what you pay for. But you should just tell them you get what you pay for. <laughs> Two things. Kevin, I definitely want to do a part two if you're down because there's so much more I want to talk about. And I know we've got like six minutes. Um, Two is you've got two things in here. I kind of want to touch on real quick. You had outbound focus on outreach uh, to markets, industries that you want to do business with. I feel like that's a huge thing for us specifically. Um, And uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I just want to, I want to hear that before we close. Most shops don't do that today. Uh, most shops live on inbound, live on word of mouth, live on organic growth, which is what we we talked about earlier. Um, if we do want to like control revenue growth and and have a more predictable revenue stream and really like focus on growing, like Andy's not in that situation. He doesn't. He wants to. He kept saying tighten up. <laughs> he wants to tighten up process and be more pro and like get better at quoting and just align everyone and make everyone more efficient. If there's shops out there that like really want to grow revenue, like they've got capacity, they've got, they moved into new space, they got more equipment, like outbound is, is either a really strong marketing prowess. It's either inbound through marketing, like AdWords, social media, like you have to be a pro at marketer, which is not easy, or you have to like really define and be a pro at outbound going out and finding business. Same thing, not easy, but like you have to do it. You have to go define it. You have to buy good lead lists. You have to figure out target markets that you want to go into and that where you win today or where you want to win and where your most profitable jobs from 
and, and in the geographies and in the sectors that you want to sell into, build good quality lead lists, and then go out and target, build email campaigns, build calling campaigns, like go out and, you know, drum up that business, do that hard work to find and, and build an outbound strategy. Um, it's really the only way to do it. <laughs> well, uh, Andy, do you want to hit into quick takes or questions or anything? Yeah, let's do some quick, quick takes. Okay. Okay. Double, double quick. And I'll, I'll go first. Vacation or staycation? Me? Yeah. Yep. These are for you, Vac- man. Vacation all day. I'm out of here. I live in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Milwaukee. Come on. There's got to be something fun to do in Milwaukee. I, lo- I, love, I love the city. Yeah. But yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Where would you go? Oh, I love Mexico. I love Central America. I've been lucky. I've traveled all over the place. Uh, surf travel is my travel. So wherever there's waves is where I go. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, messy desk or clean desk? Pretty fucking clean. <laughs> I already knew the answer before you said it. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Test the waters or dive in the deep end? Oh man, some things I'm super calculated on, but I lack self-control. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive in the deep end. <laughs> Love it. With a little bit of knowledge, uh, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter. Smooth, creamy. Do you just peanut butter or do you peanut butter and jelly? I mean, I can do anything. I got a seven-year-old. So sometimes the jelly gets slapped <laughs> on too. <laughs> okay. Andy, finish her off. What is for dinner tonight? Yep. No, three weeks from now. You want me to call my wife? I don't know. <laughs> my wife's good at dinner. Last night it was uh, salads and chicken wings. She does a good job with like healthy and unhealthy. Um, I would have to phone a friend and see what's for dinner. What do you have on your chicken wings? Uh, just straight up Buffalo. Okay, good. Like really hot or just like Buffalo mild? Uh, buffalo medium. Okay. We're on the same page. I can't do super hot. Well, Kevin, uh, this was awesome. Like I said, I definitely want to do part two. Um, I'd love to talk to you more on all this stuff. And uh, we're glad to have you on because this is a topic that a lot of people are lacking in. Um, So again, we'd love to have you again sometime. Yeah. And how can people find you in between now and part two? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, Setsales.co or Kevin at setsales.co. Or one nine hundred. Just sell. Sell it. (laughs) I appreciate you guys having me. It's been fun. Thank you. We appreciate it, man. We'll see you later. Yeah. Later.